African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, it's 11 o'clock. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. You're listening to African Dialogue, where from Monday to Thursday, we contextualize the big issues of the African continent. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, on our various platforms. Remember, we are on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 802. And you can also stream us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, last month, Sir Ramaphosa was appointed President of South Africa by members of Parliament who were also sworn in on the same day. Although there were many changes to consider in Parliament on the day, such as new political parties uh, featuring in the National Assembly for the first time, and there were those who had fewer seats this year around, and those actually, there were those such as the EFF who had more seats. Um, what actually stood out was actually seeing a more number of young people who were being sworn in to be part of the 400 members to be part of Parliament's uh, National Assembly. What was also noteworthy was that the most of these uh, young people were aged uh, in their between the early and late 20s and it was very significant and a part of youth month and this is our youth month the kind of pick up and studying the the, the youth month narrative uh, we are joined by these members of parliament uh, joining us on the line is Peter Kietzi who is an EFF member of parliament and Sbongiseni Ngobo who is a, a democratic alliance member of parliament which still trying to get the ANC member of parliament to do milling in Zube. I spoke to him last night and we're still going to see if we can try get hold of him. But let me start with you, Peter. Thank you for joining us on our program. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Now, look, it's an interesting thing to see young people in parliament. Um, we know that historically in our parliament, we've had a history of the old guard uh, being members there. How does it feel for you to be part of parliament at such a young age? And and what does it mean for your political career itself? Well, I think it's a massive victory for all young people in the country that finally they can see the parliament that is going to be a true reflective of the society at large, precisely because of how young people continue to be, you know, say, you know, comprising of significant uh, percentage of the South African population. And I think it would be fair enough for them when they look at that institution, parliament, it must be reflective, and they must be seeing themselves there. But on, 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 other, on, on the other way, we, we, we are, as the EFF, we don't think uh, the involvement of young people in parliament that doesn't like doesn't necessarily mean the issues of young people are going to be starting they're going to be discussed just after we we, we are we are sold in there. The, mm. the the EFF has always been championing the issues of young people and they will continue where they had left off and uh, proceed with whatever that is that was uh, you know at hold in the mm. uh, administration in in parliament but uh, nonetheless, we, we must say that, uh, you know, uh, finally, young people will all, always, nothing will be spoken about them without them, which is mm. very much important in our own view, that uh, from time to time, people diagnose the challenges that young people continue to face, and that person is almost 
you know, close to retirement. Yeah. And it, it is not just for, for, for all of us to agree to such a, a, an act. And I think uh, it, it, it's a very good thing that uh, even other political formations are starting to realize that it's very important to involve young people in that particular institution. But that, the yeah. other thing also, well, which, is, which is very much important, and we pride ourselves with the EFF, majority of our parliamentarians have always been young people. We have, the EFF is led by young people mostly, and the leader of our own revolution, Commander-in-Chief, is just age and, 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 and so forth. So you just understand the kind of people or the kind of leaders the EFF is capable of producing. It keeps on producing young potential leaders who can take this country forward. Okay, let me move it on to Spongseni Ngobo, uh, that's the Democratic Alliance member of Parliament. Spongseni, thank you for giving us your time. Uh, good morning to you, my brother, and to your listeners at home. Thank you so much for having me. Now, let me ask the very same question before we dissect that particular issue that uh, Peter was highlighting in regards of uh, the fact that uh, do the issues of young people actually translate in Parliament? How do you feel around being a young member of Parliament, especially uh, representing the Democratic Alliance? Well, I'm extremely excited, and I'm really looking forward to being part of the 400 South Africans who will get to see to Cape Town and get to decide on the future of this country. I'm really excited, but also I must indicate that, you know, being young, uh, it doesn't simply mean that you're going to represent, to only represent a specific age group. So I'm going to make sure that I represent everyone in the Republic of South Africa. But of course, as a young person, I have a first-hand experience of the challenges and the difficulties that the young people across the country are going through. For instance, I've been a student at UK for 10 for about five years now, and I know the, the challenges that the students are facing, the funding, the NSF issues, the residence issues, and so forth. So these are some of the issues that I'll be able to raise in portfolio committees in Parliament, because most of the parliamentary work is done in portfolio committees, not necessarily in the, during the speaking of the National Assembly itself. So these are some of the issues I'm hoping to raise in the portfolio committees that are existing or that will be established for the sixth parliament. You know, Spongsen, there's a big risk in being a young person and being amongst an old guard who are also politicians. And also we have a kind of a history of credentialism in this country where people kind of look back at what you've achieved historically in, in, in politics and kind of give you um, kind of a, a merits based on that. Being a young person, how do you, are you going to make sure that you don't fall into that trap that you just uh, sit on the peripheral sides of Parliament's Bungseni and that uh, you are not just a, a backbencher as a young person? How are you going to avoid that particular obstacle? I think the biggest tool that one can use in Parliament, even at a young age, is to drive the issues and know how to drive the issues. For instance, we, right now in South Africa, over 50% of young people cannot find work. And that is an issue that I'm looking forward to drive actively in the, within the DA caucus and making sure that it gets the attention that it deserves. So I think that what one can do is to make sure, but also because even the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, it does tell us that our responsibility as members of Parliament is to hold the executive to account and to to be a platform for discussion of issues of national importance. 
So it's not necessarily about where you're coming from, who you are, and so forth. So I guess that the biggest tool that I'll be using is to make sure that I drive the issues that are relevant and issues that young people I, I identify with. Mm. Peter, your thoughts on that particular issue, the fact that you don't get relegated to being this backbencher who doesn't have a voice but is present in Parliament? Look, I think the criteria in the EFF of uh, choosing people who must represent us in Parliament, uh, I think it dealt with a lot of things, including the, you know, the out, the, the active, activeness. You know, being an activist doesn't mean you you, you are you cease to be an activist the moment you are you are in that Parliament. So it, it means we are just going to continue what we have been doing, being vocal on issues that are affecting our people and uh, continue to hold uh, the executive to account. And, and I don't think we will be backbenchers because uh, the criteria of selecting people to go, they, they, they made sure that, uh, you know, these are the leaders that are confident in, with their issues and they're going to be able to then uh, raise them sharply in Parliament without any fear. Because these people that are there equally with our own uh, political background where we come from, student activism and all these other matter of things. We meet a lot of those ministers in, in different platforms. We engage them robustly and there's no fear. We don't have to be uh, thinking of being relegated to be bank, bank, uh, bank benchers. In fact, young people are going to be shaping that parliament to be honest with you. The same thing you have seen uh, when the introduction of EFL happened in 2014. There was an element... Uh, of of of, of uh, some sort of you know transition or transforming that parliament and and that's exactly what we should expect uh, with the current involvement of young people there 20 minutes past almost 20 minutes past 11 o'clock central african time you're still listening to african dialogue with me benjamin mushatama uh, this is our launch uh, for our series on youth month we're speaking to young parliamentarians uh, who have been sworn in just two weeks ago and uh, it's been a positive story so far and i would like to really look at uh, the idea of how do you translate uh, issues around uh, policy making, issues around legislature, to reach actually the the youth agenda in the country just was highlighted by Spongiseni Ngobo earlier on. He was highlighting the huge vacuum when it comes to the uh, unemployment of young people in the country. But how do we translate that into reality? I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me Awurengwi C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective I'm an actress, I'm a motivational speaker, born with albinism. Um, the nurse first asked my mother, 
Is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happening now. Hi, I'm Kule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report, a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following time. Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time. And from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time. Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report, an enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, and our African Dialogue team right here on Channel Africa as we look at broadening the issues of the African continent where um, from Monday to Thursday we host uh, panel discussions looking at the big issues on the African continent. And uh, today we're speaking to young parliamentarians. If you're just joining us now, Peter Kietzi, who's joining us from the Economic Freedom Fighters. He's a member of Parliament. Spongusene Ngobo is also joining us from the Democratic Alliance is also the young member of Parliament and this is going to be our start to our youth month um, um, series that will be beginning today I'm sure in the next three weeks we'll have various topics around it I just want to highlight we did invite Itumeleng Tsube uh, from the ANC but it seems he went AWOL and he's missing this morning we seem not to be able to get hold of him not a first uh, good first impression there for a parliamentarian but let me come to you uh, Seni, because you were highlighting a very important point uh, as we started the conversation which is around the fact that we have huge youth challenges in South Africa especially when you look at an employment rate and you look at it from a youth uh, point of view uh, that's a big issue and sometimes translating these big um, structural issues that relate to young people are very difficult especially when you're trying to transform issues of legislature and policy into reality on the ground that's a big challenge what are your thoughts around that yeah, absolutely you're absolutely correct the, 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 the one of the biggest challenges that young people across the country are facing today is unemployment they can't find work. I mean, it's, it's a very sad reality. It's shocking, actually, that over 50%, more than half of young people in South Africa, they are unable to find a job. So, but the problem is that our, as a country, we haven't been able to put policies in place that will help us grow our economy. Last year, our economy grew at 0.8%. That is not enough to create the jobs that we need in South Africa. So what we will be doing in Parliament in the coming weeks as a Democratic Alliance is the introduction, or we will be tabling what we call the Jobs Act. This is an act that will help us reboost our economy, help small, medium enterprises, because they are the ones that are going to help us create as many jobs as possible. So it's one of the big steps that the Democratic Alliance is going to take in the National Assembly, and we are hoping that all political parties will support us because the unemployment crisis in South Africa has now become a humanitarian crisis. So we are looking forward to settling that act and see how far it goes in terms of addressing the unemployment rate. Peter, your thoughts on that? 
I think it's important that we shouldn't always be rhetoric about the high levels of unemployment mm. in the country. It has been fed since the democratic dispensation in '94. I mean, the top of the manifestos of political formations, let's say unemployment, unemployment, how we address it. And subsequent to those elections, same thing happened, and, and the elections after and until these current ones that we are just coming from. Everyone is speaking about how we need to, I mean, we need to reduce the employment. But none of the people, besides the EFF, of course, bring about congender, you know, solutions on how the jobs must be created. Which are we what? What are, the, what are the EFF solutions? It seems like you seem to have... Always, sure. Yeah, Go ahead. What tell us. This is what we have said even in the recent, uh, uh, after learning that the, 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 the financial crisis, I mean, the, the, the GDP here is not doing well. I mean, we are in a financial crisis, the first financial crisis since the global recession, right? We said the South African government, they must prioritize, to, you know, to go away with, I mean, importing stuff that are unnecessary. That is number one. You know, if we start producing some basic things here in the country, you don't need to think deeper when you need to create employment. For instance, I mean, how do you justify the fact that you know, in all government departments and all hospitals everywhere else, the, a mere toilet paper, it, it gets imported from different countries. You want to tell me that we can't have skills to, to, to manufacture our own toilet paper. We don't have skills to manufacture our own toothpicks. We don't have skills to do our own coding. Those are the kind of the things that we ought to be zooming in and skilling our people. At the same time, capacitating the TVET colleges. Because that's where the skills must be developed. That's where we must teach our people on how to, you know, create things that are going to be beneficial to the South African economy. And equally, we must strengthen the state entities. Because where we are sitting, none of these uh, SOEs are are, are making reasonable profit to sustain South African economy. In fact, they are are just, you know, they are just rotting day by day. They are rusting. Mm. And that is a major challenge that we ought to be thinking of. And some of the things that the EFS has put in Parliament, you should remember the FIFA administration, we have proposed, the, of course, the, 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 the establishment of a state bank, which is very much fundamental in, in, in any case if you want to think of growing your own economy. We ought to also, we ought to also have food security in, the, in this country. Agriculture alone, my brother, agriculture alone has a potential of halving the unemployment rate in South Africa from food production to packaging, to distribution, to retail. We must own that monopoly, which is why we are always saying we must take our land back so that we do not have these issues that we are currently facing. Well, I love hearing your voices, actually, that you guys are actually becoming a young voice in politics. I don't want to engage with these issues because I think um, those issues will test themselves, especially uh, through the governance processes themselves, and Spongiseni. But uh, let's move on to another issue in terms of the big challenge. As much as you guys are participating in the whole political process and in governance, it seems like there's a disinterest in politics by young people just uh, in our recent uh, uh, voting process, the big topic was the fact that a large contingency of young people between the ages of 18 to 29 were not really interested in going to the polls. So I see you guys are in Parliament, but it seems like your peers are not interested. How are you guys going to engage them further for them to have a more of a political participation uh, angst or um, ambition? 
Well, I, I think that you are, you are right, that young people have lost an interest in politics. And one of the big reasons why young people have lost an interest in politics is because, you know, the government is always telling them all the time. They say, why must I vote because the government is not going to deliver? I'd rather go to school and do all that I want to do and not go vote, because at the end of the day, there's nothing that I'm going to get out of it. So I think that, you know, it starts with us with the leader, with the government delivering services to, to people, to young people in particular, and doing everything in accordance with the rule of law, and uh, delivering on the promises that were made prior to the election. So, but also, young people must also understand, and I hope this is the message that will be driving throughout the sixth parliament, or throughout the duration of the term, that young people must participate in our electoral democracy. They must vote, they must get involved but not just vote, they join political parties of their choice, and I hope they join the Democratic Alliance. Because there's a great South African leader who once summarized the role that young people should play, and that is Mr. J.J. Tabane. He once said that the role that young people should play can be summarized by the vowels that are taught in the earlier stages of cognitive development. These vowels are R, A, E, O, and O. R represent awareness. Young people must be aware and they must know what is going on around them. A for education. They must be educated and they must embrace education. As Nelson Mandela said, that education is the most powerful tool which you can use to change the world. E for involvement. Young people must be involved. And in politics, they must also be involved. Because as Lenin said, that if you do not involve yourself in politics, politics will involve itself unto you. Or for obligation. As young people need to understand that we have an obligation to bring about positive change in our society. And all for Ubuntu. As young people must also understand that if there is a child in the, in the neighboring community that doesn't have shoes and so they cannot go to school, that should matter to you as a young person, even if that child is not your child. Mm. Uh, Peter, your thoughts there? I mean, you've been talking about how the EFF uh, has a large mem- number of um, young people within its membership. Um, but um, outside the EFF, it seems like uh, the ordinary young person is not interested. Well, if they, if, if, if they were, I mean, the EFF will definitely win elections. And, and <laughs> That's interesting. Are you sure? Are you sure, Peter? You guys are good campaigners as well. I, I, I hope no. that they put you guys for, in the forefront to campaign during the elections. I think they lost out most of your political parties because you guys are campaigning very well this hour. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me why, let me tell you why, yeah? So go ahead, go ahead. When, you, when you look at the support of the EFF, and I want to highlight something very important with regard to the low turnout of young people coming to vote, right? When you look at the support base of the EFF, majority of the people who support us are the literate people, people who can read and write, people who are learning, right? When you look at the, the, the highest word, the highest word that we got votes from in the EFF, it's in Midrand where young middle class are residing. It gives you a picture that the, if we, we as a society can take education extremely serious and make sure that our people understand what the, their surroundings, of course, the EFF will win government. Not, not because, you know, young people are no longer interested. In, they are looking for an alternative. They are looking for something they can identify themselves within it. We look at the, the, how the EFF Student Command have done 
in the SRC elections in the previous term. I mean, we walloped almost each and every <laughs> institution in the country. It gives you a clear indication that the more we educate our people, is the more they understand the political position of the EFF. But equally, the with 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 this sociological schema, right? Mm, mm. This tendency of 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 you know society problematizing politics. Every time when you speak about corruption, the first thing you think of, or even a three-year-old, the first thing they think of is a politician. Or you speak about a politician, the first thing that a three-year-old thinks is uh, it's corruption, yeah. it's lies, it's fraud. Okay. Which is not the case, right? Which is not the case. And those factors are, are, are going to, you know, act in, a, in such a way that they demoralize mm. society to participate in, in politics and in a democratic process, right? Mm. So, so those are the issues that we are facing. The more we can do much in the kind of education we give our people, is the more we're going to see the, the rise of participation in, in, in elections sure. and in politics in general. Not only in politics, but each and every societal issue that young people ought to be finding themselves in. Because young people in this country, they are no longer educated. Mm. It doesn't matter whether it's politics, whether it's soccer, whether it's anything, nothing. They are a, a, an abandoned a, a, a segment of society. And we must zoom into that and start uh, dealing with it decisively. I can tell you now, majority of our people, the education they get, it further shifts them away from participating in politics. I can tell you now, every time when anyone opens their mouth, they must speak bad about politicians. Fine, they, they, they are bad, they can be corrupt, they've done that, and that. it's not all of the politicians, mm, mm. but the okay. general, a general uh, characterization of politicians that these are the kind of people uh, uh, that we must stay away from. All right, let, 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 me, let, let me take a quick break and we'll come back to that. But also, South Africa is very isolationist in its politics, becoming more like that, especially. And I'd, I'd like to pick your brains as well in terms of how you also want to integrate uh, maybe an African agenda into what's happening in Parliament as well uh, right now. I know that you guys are based on South African politics, but I also want to challenge you guys on thinking about expanding your politics beyond the borders of South Africa. We'll do that after this break as we're about to wrap up the show. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French, and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalun Yenzovo, and you are listening to Channel Africa. We love Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Just a reminder, Spotlight Africa, a feature program that showcases and highlights African issues from an African perspective, can be heard every Wednesday at 1000 hours UCT, with repeats on Wednesday at 2000 hours, Thursday at 300 hours, and Sunday at 1300 hours UCT. 
Listen to Spotlight Africa, a program that interrogates issues from an African perspective. Spotlight Africa. Well, thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa, the external service of the SABC. Thank you for joining us in our Auckland Park studios in Johannesburg, South Africa. Well, I'm so really, really chuffed by these guys. Uh, Peter Kietzi, Member of Parliament from the EFF, Sibongseni Ngobo, uh, who is uh, a DA Member of Parliament, joining us for this Youth Month discussion on uh, youth uh, participation in Parliament and in governance overall. And I'm really not challenging anything that they're saying because over this year I'm going to be a pain and I'm going to keep their numbers and hold them to account in various issues on my WhatsApp uh, um, number and I'm making sure that I'm going to stay in tabs in them and hold them accountable for some of the promises they're making on this particular show. But Peter, let's start with this part of the program in terms of expanding the politics of South Africa and I think young people should start doing that and not just looking at the intra issues of just South Africa as big as they are but we're not uh, a country that's isolated in itself. What are your thoughts? I mean, just ar- um, you were talking about Midrand, just around the corner there in Midrand, there's the Pan-African Parliament that's there. And uh, it seems like it's a, a dog without teeth right now, and it's not really doing much. Um, are you interested in those types of politics? Because we need to see more active young people uh, talking around issues around the African Union, around issues around conflict, on the African continent, issues around regionality. I know the EFF has a big issue around uh, breaking down the limitations of uh, borders. Well, I think you are putting it quite clear. I mean, our international outlook as the EFF is quite clear in in terms of the approach that the, the organization ought to take moving forward. I mean, when you look at the borders, equally, you can't even refer to them as borders because Twice they are artificial, they were created to further divide African people. And equally, we ought to then deal with it decisively also to start in the southern hemisphere, here, the southern, the southern region, to consolidate mass power because that is the most important thing to conscientize society. Because Africa, where we are sitting, we are not conscientized. And I can take you back 43 years back in, 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 in 1976 when. The, the, the uprising of young people emanate, you know, erupted in South Africa. When you look at the, the, the interested parties then, there is some, some, somewhere, somehow, we are not saying it was not a genuine struggle. It was a genuine struggle. It was a necessary struggle. It was necessary then because of the political conditions at, in the country at that time. But when you look at the consequences of what they really tried try to achieve, it's the question of language. And they were fighting Africans to be replaced by what? By which is replacing attendance with attendance. Today in Africa, we pride ourselves to people are speaking Portuguese, French, English, and African, and, and, and so forth. It, it takes us back to the question of language. Language is going to be one of the critical aspects that is going to unite African people. Well, the more we keep on, you know, uh, speaking this foreign language that we do not know where they come from. I mean, even now, we are addressing each other in English and both <laughs> of us are black. Yeah. And it's a very problematic aspect. But when you look at it in a broader picture, I sure. think it remains the only vehicle in the entire African continent that has a potential to unite African people. Because if the African people are not united, we are not going to stop seeing uh, uh, 
a dilapidating African continent. You know, all these African countries are not going to okay. thrive under the current circumstances. Let me go back again just to touch on the corruption issue in the whole African continent. When in most cases, people who are corrupt in this, especially the head of state, there must be a corruptee. There must be someone who comes with a, a bag, a sack of money, and say, we want to have access in this uh, uh, a canal of oil, and here is the money. So there is always an, 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 an imperialism intervention that perpetuates corruption in this, in this continent. And the more we, we, we start engaging on these on this issues, the better. It's unfortunate that our Pan-African Parliament remains toothless, and it is captured by equally the, the EU and, mm. and the IMF. Okay. Yeah, the, it is captured. All right, I hear you. I hear your politics, and I just want to also give uh, Spongiseni uh, the same viewpoints. I know they have an opposition view when it comes to border control to what the EFF has, and uh, almost kind of you talk about tightening our borders as the democratic alliance. How do you see yourself as a young person fitting in in African politics, um, Spongiseni? Uh, well, my my approach will be that yes. You are absolutely right that you cannot just be an MP and limit yourself to South African politics because even in the sixth administration, you will also have the Ministry of International Relations and Cooperation. Mm. So that department will have to hold it accountable and monitor the the actions and the and all the regulations that they'll be making. So, but. The, the most important thing is to make sure that we part, I will be participating, making sure that as a colleague could participate in the ongoing debate and policy formulation around the United Nations and making sure that we we ensure we debate about South Africa's place in the world and establishing a human rights-based approach. Let me give you an example. You have African heads of state who have been in power for many years, like Al-Bashir. He was here in South Africa and is wanted by the International Criminal Court of Justice. So the, the government protected him and made sure that the court he doesn't get arrested. But this person had killed hundreds and hundreds of his own citizens back home. So our approach is that as long as a, a country respects or a leader in any African country respects the rights of his people, then that leader should be respected because our approach is a human rights approach. On the border matter, I mean, each and every country in the world has to have systems in place to protect its own borders. Even in, in, in even provinces here in South Africa, there are systems in place to protect the border. We know that this is a border of three states. We know that this is a border of Zimbabwe. We know this is a border of Namibia. That is how it is. And But in South Africa, the situation where home affairs cannot tell you how many illegal immigrants are here in South Africa. This will then create a challenge because if the government plans for service delivery issues, they don't know how many people we have in South Africa. That is why there's always a backlog, because they plan for, for instance, for 20,000 people, whereas you have more than 30,000 people. So there, there will always be this service delivery backlog. And also on the economic side of it, we support regional integration and integration of the economy of the continent, but so long as it is based on the rule of law and the respect for people's human rights. 
Well, gents, it's been great speaking to you guys. It's um, fantastic to hear your enthusiasm, also just your clarity on your policy uh, positions in your various uh, political parties. So thank you uh, for giving us your time and good luck to the next four years in Parliament. Thank you to Peter Kieti, who's a member of Parliament from the EFF, and Spongseli Ngobo, who is a DA member of Parliament. Thank you both for giving us your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank and you next so time I'm going to be challenging you more on some of your issues. <laughs> I was letting you guys slide now uh, because I want to see uh, what's in store for you, gents. Okay, thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you so much. I appreciate you.